आपने पूछा कि हमने इतना सब ढूंढा कहां से आपकी जैसी किसी शख्सियत को बुलाने में सबसे बड़ा फायदा ये है ज्यादा ढूंढना नहीं पड़ता यू कैन एक्चुअली स्किप योर रिसर्च वेन देर इज सो मच ऑफ एरोडाइटनेस टू द वर्क दैट यू हैव डन इट्स ट्रूली अ प्रिवलेज टू बी हेयर स्पेशली आपकी किताब में एक जिक्र है महाभारत का और क्योंकि जिस जगह पर आज हैं सोनप्रस्थ आप में से यंगस्टर्स हैं यहाँ पे जिन्होंने उस वक्त महाभारत सीरियल नहीं देखा होगा और या इस लॉकडाउन में देखा होगा मुझे पता नहीं आप में से कितने लोगों को पता है कि ये उन पांच गांवों में से एक गांव है जो पांडवों को दिया गया था सोनप्रस्थ और हमारे रास्ते में पड़ा भी आते वक्त हम इंद्रप्रस्थ से आ रहे हैं आते वक्त हमें बाघ प्रस्थ पड़ा हम सोनीपत में आ गए तिलपत रास्ते में पड़ा जो कि अब ग्रेटर नोएडा है और थोड़ी आगे पानीपत है और कुछ बड़ा इंटरेस्टिंग फैक्ट भी है इसके बारे में कि लोग पूछते हैं कि कैसे ये पाँच गाँव जियो तब भी चलती थी जियोपॉलिटिक्स आज भी है उस वक्त बहुत कैलकुलेटेड जियोपॉलिटिक्स होती थी हस्तिनापुर से ये सारी जगहें एक इक्वलेटरल ट्रायंगल बनाती हैं सो मच सो दैट बागपत इज नियरेस्ट टू हस्तिनापुर एंड रेस्ट एवरीथिंग इज इन एरो डिजाइन सो एवरीथिंग इज पार्ट ऑफ द डिजाइन इट्स ग्रेट टू इनिशिएट दिस पार्टनरशिप विद ऋषिहुड यूनिवर्सिटी विद सिटी बुक लीडर्स विद यू बींग विद अस ऋषिहुड जैसा अपने नाम से ही बताता है कि इसमें ऋषि भी है और हुड भी है सो इट हैज़ द पावर ऑफ द एंशंट विजडम दैट वी हैड एंड ऑल्सो द न्यूनेस द मॉडर्ननेस दैट वी रिक्वायर टू एक्सेल अहेड इन द न्यू वर्ल्ड पर्सन सो वी आर वेरी थैंकफुल नॉट ओनली टू यू बट ऑल्सो टू साहिल जी फॉर दिस अपॉर्चुनिटी टू संपत जी फॉर लीडिंग एस एंड ऑल्सो टू शोभित जी फॉर प्रोवाइडिंग एस दिस अपॉर्चुनिटी टू एवरी वन ऑफ यू फॉर टेकिंग आउट टाइम ऑन अ संडे नून especially after your possibly heavy lunch so i'm assuming uh, uh, we will try to make it as interesting as possible because this book is just not about business it's about a lifestyle that you live main is session ki karyavahi aur aage badhane se pehle i will request sahil ji to share some of his thoughts on uh, his perspective on what family managed business is all about is it yeah and also uh, then we will set the context uh, he will in fact set the context for what we will discuss with ajay ji uh, from the book and also beyond the book thank you thank you so much mohit ji i won't take much time because we all have been waiting to hear ajay sharma ji why we uh, started rishihood university has a very close relation to what we are discussing today because uh, when we started we thought what kind of an institution is required Uh, in this country not just this country but globally and what kind of an outcome should we create in terms of our students in terms of our research our thought output one thing was very clear that the kind of challenges that the world is going through it requires a lot of introspection on to what are the solutions and we've realized that a lot of those solutions lie in the fundamental wisdom that is there in this civilization to explore that to untap it uh, and then to uh, you know bring it to the new generation i think that is some uh, work that excites us that we have been doing here and when i got to know about ajay ji's book and of course badrinath has a brand we all have known when we have some illness we take their products but the principles on which this book has been written that Uh, resonates so well uh, with Rishi that the moment we got to know about it, we were after Mohit Ji's life to you know, organize this and bring Ajay Ji here. And you know, in such uh, situations, events are not generally happening, but we are very thankful that this event could happen. Our students are here, some of our faculty members are here, some of the prominent family businesses from the city of Sonipat and surrounding areas are here. I'm sure that a lot of us will immensely benefit from this event. So I'll. request um, moji you want to say something or we are eagerly waiting for ajay ji to come to us okay thank you everyone a very good afternoon to all of you present here first let me thank the organizers and the founders and all of you for inviting me here A special thanks to Sahil ji 
for actually making this happen and for actually converting such a beautiful dream, such a beautiful passion into reality. I mentioned this in my book also that following your passion is also one of the greatest thing and converting them into entrepreneurial uh, organization is another achievement. So big pat on his back and a very, very, very special thanks to Mohit to connect me with this August cohort. Well, to start with, my journey actually started with a very profound statement which I heard when I was only 13 years old. 80% of family businesses do not survive the third generation globally. It's a global phenomenon. It's not only in India. Shocking when you actually hear this for the first time. And to top it all, I was the third generation in my family business. It, that statement became a lot of burden on my young shoulders. We at Bedanath, we are seeped in the knowledge and the tradition of Ayurveda. Along with that, from childhood we were exposed to a lot of scriptures, a lot of knowledge which exists in these scriptures, the wisdom which is around us in our culture. And I immediately drew a parallel, an analogy with the trinity of Hinduism. Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh. Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the preserver and Mahesh, the destroyer. And my young mind said, am I Mahesh? Have I been born to destroy all this? What my grandfather created and my father preserved. And mind you, a business has to grow to be preserved. Then, the logical side of my brain said, okay, 80% of the businesses do not survive, but 20 have survived. What did they do right? They must have done something right. Or, something right happened to them. This inquisitiveness, jigyasa, this made me reach out to a lot of family businesses around me. Because at that point of time, there was not much of literature available on family business. There was available on business management, but not family business. The lessons from my own journey, the observations of businesses around me, and finally, studying more than 250 odd businesses, the knowledge I gained, I converted into this book, How to Thrive in a Family Business. So to start with, like talking about the book, it is highly important to understand what exactly is a family business. You must always know what you're getting into. So if two brothers start a business, it's not a family business. It is a mere partnership. Only when the next generation joins this partnership does the institution of family business take shape. Then only the business qualifies to be a family business. So, if the definition is so clear that a family business is only when the next generation joins it, it becomes very, very, very important to understand and manage the generational dimension. Very important. Most of us, we get busy with the finance or the marketing or managing the labor and all these things, but we always overlook the generational dimension. And that is actually the most 
critical part in a family business. So let's go back to the scriptures because I'll keep going back in my talk about the scriptures. So in our scriptures, there is a mention about the four ashrams of life. Brahmachar, Grihasth, Vanprasth, and Sanyas. I took these ashrams and I converted them in the context of a family business. And I devised a theory called the four T's of a life cycle. Off late, it's being talked about a lot and it is uh, becoming as close to the four P's of marketing, you know. That I'm, I mean, I'm humbled to be able to, you know, hear that. So, I devised this theory of four T's, which is the life cycle, what every generation must follow. That's what I advise in my book. And every member of the generation, they must follow. And what is it? Training, transaction, transition, and turn in. So T1 is training, T2 is transaction, T3 is transition, and T4 is turn in. If every member and every generation follows this advice, it will become, he'll be highly successful in managing the generational dimension because this is the foundation of managing the generational dimension. There would be other things too. So let's talk a bit about this. We all start our lives, we are sitting in T1, we all start our lives by training ourselves. We train, we educate ourselves, we gain knowledge, we learn skills, some soft skills, some hard skills, we, you know, uh, do our talent part. So the whole, everybody's journey starts off with T1. And then we see that it's a very natural progression. There is an urge to get into T2, the transaction mode. Everybody wants to just jump, oh, I, now I know, I want to go and just go out and, and perform. Create wealth, start a family. These are the things of transaction, the greatest. Now, those of us out here, there are a couple of us like me who are in T3, the transition mode. There also we see that it's a very natural progression transaction It just flows in. It's very natural. But the biggest disconnect is where? T2 and T3. Most of us do not realize the dawn of one prast. Now stop thinking about your parents and father and, oh yeah, you know, that's what's happening in my business. That's not the intent. You know, this is like serious stuff. Most of us do not realize the dawn of Vanprasth. And the ones who do are in a denial mode. When I talk to business heads, I start what am I going to do? Or I've seen they'll set milestones, impossible ones. Itna turnover ho jayega, to main chhod dunga. Agle generation ko de dunga. Or abhi to itni factories aur lagani. There are millions of these questions. Believe me, these are just excuses. Because they are all about I, me, me. They are not about the business or the family. It's highly important to understand this part. So this disconnect is what we, we need to bridge by actually following the Vanprasth, the Sanyas, the, the Brahmachar and the Grihast in a proper way. That is the essence of this. Now, since I see a couple of faces that, you know, what exactly. So, since the study, what I did, I saw that the T1, T2, and three, T4 come very easily 
it is very critical to talk in depth about T3, the transition mode, the one prasth, because most of us, as we saw, we are in a denial mode. So one prasth can easily be done if you acquire two skills. So I'm not really talking to the, the, the students out here, but still they should know because they would be able to advise their elders on what to do. There are two arts which you need to actually master the skill in Vanprast. One is the art of giving and charity, which is charity. The other is art of self-exploration, self-fulfillment. India is a great culture. We all grow up with always giving away, we are taught to give away our toys, our clothes, on festivals, we are giving away blankets, you know, blah, blah. Uh, on our birthdays, our mothers will say, oh, this will go to the orphanage, so we are always giving. We are a society which has always been doing that. But believe me, Vanprat is not talking about this. This is giving away. What Vanpras is talking about is giving back. Giving back to society. Giving back from where you got. And let me explain to all you people, please. Giving away stems from generosity. And giving back stems from gratitude. This art one has to know and learn. The second part is self-exploration. You have done enough. You have started an organization or taken care of it, the family, the business. Now it's time to explore yourself. Give back to you. Transition is the phase when you start to give back to yourself. This is the time for self-fulfillment. This is the time when, when you start to give back to yourself, you will actually reach the Maslow's pinnacle of self-actualization in sannyas. That journey starts from now. Otherwise, a part of the pyramid, you'll always be stuck in the middle. So these two arts are highly important. If we are able to manage them, we actually make a very successful transition of our family business. We actually learn to give away the business also. You know, it's actually in a way I've... I have like taught that generation how to give away the business and give back to society and to yourself. This satisfaction is what like takes them into a zone where they can be and be happy about it. So now coming to the book, those of you who will read it, you will see that I mention 30 actions which are the sins of a family business. And I would like to just tell you a brief on that before we, we open the session, is that sin 1 and sin 30 are the eternal sins. This I have seen exist practically everywhere. Sin 1 is the elder son syndrome. And we suffer in India drastically. Drastically. India has been, always been, an agrarian country, an agrarian economy. And agriculture is all about strength and muscle. The elder one, he grows up and he becomes a responsible one. Then we have been, we have been ruled by kings and queens for centuries. They also have the same law. The eldest male will become, will inherit the throne. And we also have the HUF, where the eldest male child is the karta. This is centuries of conditioning, centuries of conditioning. It's not easy to get away with. 
centuries of conditioning. So while we moved from agriculture to business, our minds did not. And if you see today, it also becomes an easy way. Dimaag nahi lagana. Not to think about the succession. Who is the right one? Whom to choose? Kaun jokham uthayega family se discuss karne ke liye? Make the eldest one. We need to get out. You see, business is becoming so much more competitive today. You see these skills. You see such great places where children are studying such great like value systems that you need to actually choose the best person to be able to operate your business. I, in my own business also, I'm third generation, we do talk about that if there is no good successor, get somebody from outside. So the elder son syndrome has to be shunned away. It is sin number one. It's not, not, not at all compulsory that somebody, the eldest has to run the business and then somebody from the family only has to run. Right? Then we come to sin 30. I'm going to shock you a little bit more also. That is relinquishing ownership. By the time, so it shocks everybody because there's a lot on the media and, and, and off late of how the parents have been ill-treated and, you know, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I say in sannyas, it is mandatory to relinquish ownership. Let us understand a point. We, in T3, you come and divide management and ownership. T3 is the time when you hand over the management. And believe me, management handing over is not a single day affair. We think, our parents think, I, I mean, I see my friends who are my age, it's a one day affair. I tell them, no, it's not the crowning of the prince. The way you spent X number of years in Brahmachar in T1, Y number of years in T2, you have to spend Z number of years in T3. So it's not a one day affair. Don't get scared. Ki kya hoga? Aap hain. Aap ko dheere dheere management aage pass on karna hai. But the moment you come to T4, it's time to give over the ownership. And why? If you do not give up the ownership away, you will never financially secure yourself and your dependents. Financial security in sannyas is the most important part. Only when you have to give that away, it becomes mandatory. Will you think, ki maine apne aap ko kaise secure kiya? Or aapka wo hash nahi hoga ki aapko nikal diya jaya or something like that. So this is the important part of sin 30. Then, like as we know, that there are the cardinal sins in the Roman Catholic theology. Saath hai sins. Which are, so sin 2 to sin 8 are the cardinal sins of a family business. And that like happens only in Brahmachar. And the way the cardinal sins are that they lead to all other sins. Similarly in my book, those like seven sins, they lead to the rest of the sins. The rest of the 21 sins. Before I give the mic to all you people to, you know, like, like take the session ahead, I would still like to discuss one sin which is very close to my heart. Very close to my heart. Because in my study, I actually got, you know, like pinned there. And that I think is uh, sin 29 not having an exit policy. Understand this point. Most of the businesses, even outside India, I've seen, especially the third world, they do not have an exit policy. I have heard authoritative statements 
you are born here you'll die here you know shocking for me at least let's understand why would a person want to exit a family business a his dna may be different and the business what the family is doing maybe he is not in, interested in that and he says hey i want to quit this this is not me or there may be an opportunity and he, and he wants like capital out of it so he wants to exit this business and take the capital and and get on with his life there are also a lot of cases where people cannot handle the pressures of a joint family so if somebody is trying to exit a family business do not trap him do create a fair and equitable exit i'll take you back to since he said ki mahabharat i'll take you back to mahabharat also by a quirk of fate fate abhimanyu he learned the art of getting into the chakravyu and when the time came he did get into it but unfortunately alas he died hearing that news his father and abhimanyu's uncles they went on a rampage and they finished off the core of dynasty i sincerely hope after reading my book people do get an exit policy in their business because i don't want that to happen to their family businesses and their dynasties with this i rest my case on that thank you so much everyone thank you very much sir uh, listening to you is like uh, as if i am watching the netflix of your book so it's fantastic <laughs> so i have some observations sir which i have actually noted and possibly amongst both of you because you both come from family businesses uh, sailji i am assuming you are the second generation so you are still in um, uh, before mahesh role that you are playing your role of the vishnu uh, but certainly at age of 13 when you come to know that i am the one who's going to uh, yeah, bring this entire 100 year old a remarkable business and that too um, uh, while i was researching more about you and the business sir uh, i saw some remarkable set of people who have always graced padnath across this journey of the nation making so while it's very um, famous nowadays of two indias i still see there is only one bharat the way we should look at it as the value system of this country which has kept uh, so many businesses intact and while you mentioned there are 80% family managed business in india there is a fact that says that uh, it's close to 95% if we include many other segments and domains of businesses smaller businesses as well so while 95% is a great number and everyone who studies in this country will anyways fall into some or the other category of touching a family managed business either i will be in the in my own business my father uh, runs a business i don't like it i'll try to quit or my father grabs me by me and says no boss tumhe to yahi karna padega or i am a professional son of a professional joining a business i may again touch upon a family managed business so that's the overall universe which i am trying to set because i see lot of youngsters here as well who might feel ki mera family managed business kya lena dena boss mera kya business hai meri family alag hai mera business alag hai but let me tell you very very honestly in a couple of years in my career progression as well almost everywhere we were actually working with a family business only somewhere or the other you the management was a family uh, managed business so you also should understand the intricacies of how a business is being built the first question that sir uh, i would like um, uh, possibly both of you to in fact suggest is uh, you mentioned one of the sins about the exit and you also mentioned about the gap that comes in a generation because a father for example let's take the example of aisha they transitioned interestingly well with uh, a new age business that they got into from commercial vehicles i'm just quoting an example here but possibly they they had some formula that they filled the gap well most of the businesses are not able to fill that gap the transition of the generation where the son wants to do something and the father says nahi bhaiya mujhe to yahi aata meri dukaan mein to yahi chalta aa raha hai isko tum change nahi kar sakte where do you think the role of education higher education self learning swadhyay comes into the 
for the picture. The question to both of you and to also possibly some of the patrons who come from the side of the family business. Uh, that's my first question. So if you see Mohit, uh, I have spoken extremely uh, at length and highly about high education. A person is not complete without higher education. And it has, I, when I missed out on it at age 35, I went out and did it. So there's, there's no, no better example or a propagator for one. See, you need skills. Gone are the days, the monopolistic times are over. Jo banadia wo big gaya. Businesses are becoming highly competitive. Opportunities are great. You have to have your skills. You know, I always say to the young generation, when we were young, we heard, oh, he's a jack of all trades. He's going to be good. Then, then was that, oh, he's a jack of all trades. You have to be master of one. Go and do an MBA, get a master of one. Believe me, from my experience I'm talking, I am one of the key members in my family who took this business from being a third generation from 62 years to 100 years. You know, it's important to understand. Today, the time is you have to be jack of all and master of one. How do you get that? The environment around you? What better places than these? And keep studying all your life. I mean, you know, knowledge is never uh, a thing you say, Bohut ho gaya. You have to constantly do it. So I would always propagate that, Mohit. Over to you. I totally resonate with that. In fact, the principle that we have adopted here is learning to learn. Because once we ignite the desire in a learner to learn, in fact, we don't call our students as students. We call them as learners. And, and there is less of a concept of teaching but more of a learning together between the faculty members and, uh, and the learners. So I think once we develop this desire of learning in the students, then automatically this kind of a journey from, and if we build that at this age, I think it goes on very well for the rest of their lives because the kind of things that Ajayji was sharing, I think the, if the foundation is set right, then it puts us into that reflective mode when we enter the T3 stage. Otherwise, you know, it will take us a very long time to figure out those things and it might be too late you know, in, in the journey of a business. Just a point more, because I do go and speak at you know, a lot of the colleges. So, uh, one stage is for a young student to come to learn. That's the first stage. But a lot of time where we see family business classes, or higher education, you have to unlearn to learn. Because if you sit there with a fixed mind, then you're not going to absorb. See, you have to squeeze out that sponge in your brain and make it fresh to be able to take in all the knowledge here. So it is very important also to be open. It's a way to say to be open in the classroom. You have to unlearn to relearn. Right? Thank you so much, sir. I think what jigyasa, jo curiosity honi chahiye, wo hamesha ujagar rehni chahiye. Wo, it should never die. The, the, the value of curiosity holds a lot. I'm very curious, sir. In fact, uh, our dear friend mentioned initially that uh, if it has to be compared with Mensa, the first thing that comes into mind, are itti valuation kaise banali? What, what's the, what's the jugglery? And while you have created this uh, century-old business, you have taken it ahead. And I also see a lot of diversification now happening in your business. Um, I, if I'm wrong, you be, please correct me. But uh, some very young age Ayurvedic businesses are now being created out of Badinath, where you don't even say they are Badinath businesses. Just shed some light because it also gives a lot of perspective to possibly. People like me who don't come from a family managed business. business We are not at all there. But there is a lot of diversification that you have done and possibly youngsters at your organization have done. Okay, thank you. So first of all, uh, sir, your name please. Okay, Kiranji. So, well, you know, it is a great achievement to be able to create wealth. But we at Baidhanath, especially me, I actually say more than 
the monetary wealth, the dua, what we get because of this brand and what we do in the country is way beyond that. It is billions and billions of rupees. <laughs> Secondly, Mohit, your question, we have taken a conscious, a very conscious decision in the board that the new generation, which is standing at the threshold, we allow them and give them opportunity to <laughs> leverage the infrastructure, the brand and the finance of Baidyanath to be able to build beyond. See, again, it's on one side where we talk about trapping. Here, if you don't give opportunity to the next like generation, and that's what I said, managing the generational dimension. You have, if you see, it's not only Baidyanath, a lot of other businesses, they start a family office. They create a capital there. They allow them to use their offices, their structures, their plants to let the newer generation. So it's a kind of a diversification mode. It's a kind of a growth mode, but it's all planned and structured. See, uh, what this also like does is that a lot of children, they want to do something else. So that was your last question. They want to do something else out of rebellion. No. So what we have done is that we said, you bring your project. We'll vet it. If it is commercially viable, go through. Don't try to start something out of rebellion. And then there is a timeline. Maximum five to seven years. If you do not, then the, then the family infrastructure is not going to support you. So if you can't do it, you may be having a good idea, get somebody else from outside with you, get a skilled person. But the aim is you have to be successful. I guess that's all. So while listening to you, sir, I realize every process in the world has a similar journey. So you take the example of cricket. Um, you come, you learn initially, you have a captain whom you report to, Slowly and gradually, you skill yourself, you become the expert, you become the captain, and then you retire as well. You possibly become the coach. And later on, you're just a cheerleader. You don't poke your nose into what is going on. But you are always there to advise at the right time when it is asked for. And I think that's what you are also trying to tell in this book. And across all processes, now I can realize, while well, you just explained the four um, uh, stages of ashramas as well, sir, and the purpose of them. Um, my next question is again yet focused to a lot of youngsters who, who are here, who may join as managers, possibly a family managed business and the decorum which is there. Um, usually what happens, a family is a close knit thing. You have a dinner table which is at home, but the lunch table is very similar when you come to the business. And there are people who have joined as managers and they observe, they see that this is my junior MIS manager. So I think there's a decorum which is also required. How do you think the family managed business can percolate this message that the things are very transparent here? Is it necessary? First thing. Also, a uh, few things that the manager who has joined from outside, he's also a pseudo family now, right? So how do, how do, how is this equilibrium so important? How does it work? Yeah, Mohit. So I do not like propagate a feudal system. People who do still live and operate in that kind of an environment, well, they are also drastically changing of late, I'm seeing. Because I can see the entire ecosystem is changing. And to understand the ecosystem of a family business, this book actually is important for all stakeholders. The people who are going to work there, the people who are going to work for, for them as agencies and heads, or even the vendors or dealers, any which way, consultants, you need to understand the ecosystem of a family business. Once you understand the ecosystem of the family business, these issues, ki beta and all that, they are actually on the sideline. Because actually when you get inside, we, we go there with this burden on our mind. 
But when you are inside a system like I am inside here, the equation here is different. I am not what I am. I am here for a purpose. And I have to deliver that purpose. So even in family managed businesses, you know, I guess that exists. So you have to, if you are aware of the ecosystem, you will not make that mistake of carrying a burden, a baggage in your mind and then experiencing it or not experiencing it but feeling it that way. I guess that's what it is. Now, possibly I'll, I'll also ask Sahilji on this that uh, how important it is for um, the son in a family managed business who's young, who has possibly done his professional course and before joining the family managed business, he should take a mid-term crash course in another professional organization. How important it is. Does it help or is it just for the sake of understanding, let me go and explore the world and come back? What, do you, what, is, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on this? So, I'm not directly involved in my father's business, so I'm not technically a second generation family business. No, I had to start something of uh, my interest, but uh, no, when I was in class 10th or 11th, I, I had a lot of curiosity in what happens actually in a business. So, I would attend meetings with him, I would spend days in office, etc., etc. So, that gave me a lot of I know uh, that kind of an exposure, but I think in my case the uh, uh, no, uh, benefit was that I actually started working at another organization rather than you know, getting inside the family business. So it helped me in my professional development beyond college side. But I think that is very important. If if that exposure is not there, perhaps the mind will be limited. I think it's just an advice what you just heard from him that if you come from a family managed business and you're planning. So always figure out that mid path, have a running pitch where you can quickly learn and also understand the professional side of it. Am I right, sir? Any of your thoughts on this and then possibly some of the patrons who are also here. They so Mohit, uh, every family is unique, what, what I have seen in my, in my life. And each one of them, they have their own structures and what to do before you join a family business. So there are businesses in India who say that you have to go and work in a competitor's place in India or outside India. But you must know about the industry. There are people who say that you have to work within the organization from grassroots. I mean, I can quote that family. It is the, the Hawkins family. There they said, anybody, you will have to start as a salesman. And a lot of the boys, they dropped out. So it was a natural way of selection of who is ultimately going to lead the company. So I guess, you know, there are millions of ways. You have to sit down and see what works best for you. I get your answer, sir, and it's perfect that you always start from the lower ranks so that at least you empathize with others and also learn those skills that are required. Very, very important. I think now I would like to open the floor for all of us uh, to get engaged, ask your questions if you have any queries, feel free. Um, Satya may help us with the mic. Please identify yourself before asking the question. Abhi, you have said one thing. It's very good. If there's no family in your family, you can find yourself. ऐसा क्यों सोचते हैं आप ये? अगर मान लो अपनी फैमिली में से किसी को चार्ज आगे नहीं दिया, तो वो क्या सोचेगा आपने बाहर के बंदे को चार्ज दे दिया आपने? ठीक है। So this is again we are talking about ownership and management. Yeah. Owner तो आप हैं। Ultimately owner का क्या aim है? He wants that his income, his study income should be there and growth should be there. अगर मेरे ये काम करने से वो नहीं आएगी so, if you have to take that decision, ultimately when your business grows, you say, now it's like a CFO. Or now you've gone out, now you've got a It is the same thing. So, slowly, slowly, see, it's, it's on the scale of the business. As the scale starts to grow, you may have to ultimately bring in a CEO. I mean, I know businesses in Delhi who are now <laughs> multi-crore. 
they even on the board, they have appointed their nominee. He will be able to talk the technical part and understand and come back and tell me in my house or in my office, what so it is just, you know, it is all, you have to see what works best for you. But these are all the options available in life. Don't get stuck that this option is not That is, I think, the main thing. Correct. Thank you. Good afternoon, sir. I am Aditya Kumar Devedi. Afternoon, uh, I'm a student of Rashid University. My question is that uh, I was listening very curiously to you when you were talking about the uh, exit plan. So uh, I want to ask that what is the correct time to exit from a business? If we talk about business the, uh, losses, so it is in the nature of business that it sometimes go in losses and then it drive to uh, profit. So people even don't know what is the correct time to be, uh, exit from a plan, uh, business. And uh, if we talk about sometimes they do sell to another business, so they also try it to another path. So how do we know it's the time to exit from a business? Okay, Aditya, so in my book, the sin I talk about in family business, exiting the complete business is actually monetizing the business. I'm not talking about that. Selling off the complete business is actually a monetization exercise. What I'm talking about that one of them, he wants to exit. Give him the opportunity to exit. It'll give you a leaner place. It'll give you more dedicated uh, family members. Who, who, who want the business to move ahead. Otherwise, jo trapped hai wahan pe, wo aapke roadblock hi hoga. He will always say, nahi. Because he's, he's unhappy there. So I'm talking about that exit and not the monetizing of the business. That the one, you know, there are two or three methods. I'm sure you'll study here also that when to see that one, one needs to exit that business. So one of them is when you have another greater opportunity, always. The other two, I'll, I'll leave for this place to teach you. <laughs> Thank you. So, in fact, we are very keen to get this book converted into a course, sir. And we will definitely speak about it with your wisdom. And especially when it Thank is you related so much. to the ethos of Bharat. I think uh, this is one book which is remarkable. I've uh, read many other businesses, uh, family-managed businesses. But the management theories that you have put in, a very, very, um, I should say, we should be vocal for the local. That's uh, what I will say. Thank Any you. Any questions that we can take? Hello, sir. I'm uh, Shobit Mathur, uh, the Dean of the Ashram School of Public Leadership at Rishihood. So I want to understand from you, how do you see this going forward? I mean, so far, as uh, sir has said, about 80% plus businesses are family businesses. But given the sociological changes happening with smaller families, nuclear families, do you still think the family businesses uh, would continue to thrive or uh, not? So, uh, there is now a great shift. There is, most of the universities are having now a business management program and a family business management program. The effort of all these places, these educational institutions, and my effort also, my contribution also is, how to make this 20% grow to 25 or 30%. Because we all have understood the fact that 70% of the GDP globally, it comes from family managed businesses. And in India also, the figure says that we are at this average. But if you ask me, it's more. Except for the communist countries where it is all like government managed. But you have to, you see, economy, if it has to grow, and the way India is growing, if you do not look at the family businesses, if you don't help them to survive and grow, you're not going to be able to improve, you know. So I am for this thing, you know, one, one has to. And, and family, see, again, everywhere across the globe, if you see, the top companies are all family managers. All brands, even in India, if you see, except for a couple of coal India and, you know, 
these government ones and ITC and HUL and all. But the rest, if you see all. And uh, I will tell you also, 80% of the employment is, is given by family business. So again, it, it has a huge contribution. It has a huge I'm a propagator for that. <laughs> this is the wrong person to ask. So one thing that's just, uh, that came from uh, Robiji's uh, uh, suggestion or the question, wrapped in a suggestion, I must say. What is the role of the early childhood value system that we build specifically in a family managed business? Because I saw a lot of your commitment towards that early childhood. You've given a um, quote from your own life and um, you heard your father speaking um, to someone and you have mentioned that quote. I would like you to actually tell about it. So uh, I, I do believe that Sanskar plays a very major part and there are people like him with this kind of an organization who have understood the gap. There is a gap which exists. I also meet a lot of students who ask me if we missed out on our growing up, then what do I do? Well, there's always an opportunity. There will be a Sahil, there will be Ajay who are going to create these opportunities. They are going to give it to you. Sanskar is important. See, I'll tell you why. What exactly is sanskar so my father used to always he was a man who said he knows my father extremely well he's sitting here he's met him uh, like many a times he's he's no longer here with us he used to always say he was very strong on character because he used to say that sow a thought and you reap an action when you think about something you'll go and do it Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Any action you do repeatedly, it becomes a habit. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. It's all connected. And believe me, so a thought, thought comes from where? From knowledge. If I'll just give you a very rudimentary example. If in your town you know that there is an Indian restaurant and a Chinese restaurant, that's your knowledge. So you'll say, Aaj thought arai, aaj Chinese khate, aaj Indian khate. It's based on your knowledge. So that'll become your action and that'll become your habit and character and destiny. If you get to know, oh, there's an Italian one also, there's a Mexican one also, there's a Japanese one also, that knowledge is highly important to know what exists for you to be able to decide the thought process. Your thoughts are all based on what you know. So, the, again, we come down to the knowledge being the core for everything. No, sir, I'll, I, I think we are just, we'll have to go a step back because if I know what to eat, but if I also know the doshas of my body, I know as per Ayurveda what to eat, right? So I'll, I'll add something. It's more knowledge. That's more knowledge. This is uh, so you know, fascinating to hear from Ajay ji. So we have Ajay ji, we have a course here called Sanskar Abhyas, which is a, a module for leadership. So so in this habit formation, this is so critical, and unfortunately, we are not teaching it so prevalently in educational institutions. But we we kind of try to reverse engineer that if ultimate objective is for a student to become a leader, the the that is the destiny. That destiny has to come from a character and that has to come from some habits. So how do we... Goal is clear. Goal is clear but, but that path, to, to, to clear up that path, we need some habits. And that has to come from Sanskara Bhaya. So I think that's the kind of uh, you know, uh, traditional wisdom that we have to pick up and then bring it to you know, this kind of an opportunity. So we are very fortunate that you, you know, you're a testimony of you know, this being applied in real life. Sahilji, so there's a reason why I keep begging for a job here. <laughs> Yeah, so, you can know, I have to actually redeem all my sins in the past because I don't want to have 31st sin of not redeeming those 30 sins as well. So, with this, if we have another, another yes, please, we have someone in the back. A very good evening to you. My name is Bernadette Claire Namayaja and I am from Richwood, pursuing a master's in business administration and I am from Uganda. Uh, my question is, is it necessary to buy shares in a family business? 
is it necessary to buy shares in a family business it's again uh, you know it's it should be part of a plan it's not a must or a no like i always say you have to see your own financial planning you you want to buy into that or no so don't just go by that this is said the times have changed there's enough data available there is enough uh, like knowledge available there is enough see google has made like knowledge uh, generic now it's 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 no longer the the prerogative of uh, the you know the intelligent people is generic it's available for everyone so what you want to do i think one should always do the work is it going to lead to my goal is my goal going to be part of it or be earning from it or be investing in it or it's my cause i want to fulfill well you know or it is you know uh, i i want to be uh, i don't want to be there because my my dna i know a lot of people you know who said that oh my father is into xsx like business gambling or liquor and it's it's not me so i want to exit this so get, buying into or exiting is absolutely your own choice please hi good evening sir i'm anuraj antil uh, i run a construction company i'm the first generation and i would like to thank sail for inviting me here for the brilliant session sir my question is you said that uh, rebellion is one of the major causes of uh, next generation moving out of family business and you said that providing them uh, infrastructure for 6 7 years is a good idea do you think like if we know if you are sure sure that it's a rebellion out of that he is doing that we should still provide him a structure so i said that uh, always the idea of moving out is not rebellion what i said is that it should not be rebellion see it should be either your passion or your opportunity if you put that down like to your your elders they will see sense in it but they also know you as your son as their son or their nephew and they say this is out of rebellion so i guess that that like differentiation the elders also know you should also know the the young generation should also be aware that they should not be doing this out of this because you are actually going to play with your own future right i so i guess it's uh, it's to do with the the geographies and the growth so obviously as of now if you see the growth in india is all happening in the western side and the southern side in fact uh, the north actually missed out on the industrialization time you know and they they just kept to agriculture except for obviously haryana and this part of it but but the rest of the north did and the east has always been you know it was the past as they say but i guess that's a part of the geopolitic thing answering to your question is that uh, you will always see that plants also move out either you are big enough like a tata to be able to do a jamshedpur but if you are not you you won't be able to manage a modipuram you move out so it is you know it is you have to see the smoke signals what are the advantages of being located there the geography always gives you an advantage so the alhabad plant was there because the mandi of avla is pratapgarh and pratapgarh avla is considered the best avla and that is uh, the secret of our chavanprash being way be- way better than the others because we actually claim ped se pack mein 24 ghante mein and if we put up this plant in chennai it's going to be Three days of travel for that, and by the time it reaches, I'm going to lose a bit. I can do engineering, you know, to improve it, but that's again cost. So as far as we are concerned, yes, we are in Allahabad. I do feel bad. I have seen these businesses actually, like you know, be the top. And you spoke about AH wheelers. 
and now they are like you know <laughs> not among the top companies you know there so you do feel bad they also need to probably read this book but i i have spoken to them they have been part of my study also so i know their problems also so a lot of the time these things exist but we are there yes we do have an advantage and uh, mr nishchal here has been to that plant also he has seen it the entire thing so uh, well i would say here uh, coca cola is in cincinnati i don't think so you have even heard of that that city in america so everybody you know has uh, an advantage somewhere so well it's again i said it's i feel sorry for alabar since you are from there but uh, uh, it's it's going to lose out to, you know because education is all here opportunities are here and then yahan ke khoon mein bhi kuch hai sir amitabh bachchan will always remain to be in, in oh, yeah, for alabar so it cannot go out anyways <laughs> <laughs> actually uh, i don't know how how did she get to know about sanjan sins but uh, that was the working like title for my book for the same book so when i uh, i i think so i headed out for the hills uh, for about 45 days or a month and that's when i structured the entire book and i came up this with this whole concept of having the sins there and when i got back home so my son asked me dad what did you do there like you know so i said well i've completed this book and yeah read it he said i'm not going to read it just tell me you know uh, what's there so when i told him the crux that i have come up with these like 30 sins so he said hey your book should be sons and sins so that's how it came. i say hey that's a nice word yeah like you know a title for the book so i put that down but ultimately when penguin picked it up so they said no th- th- this is not a fiction this is actually a business book and a business book has to have the title what it deserves which is how to thrive in a family thank you. i'm i'm already under pressure but i actually you know the objective of this book was to actually make it reach out i am actually keen this 20% should increase to 30%. How little bit I can do is through this. So yes, but you know how it is with writing. I mean, you, you, you people are with the education, you know how it is with writing. Yes, something create one. Okay, so uh, Mr. Kushwa, this book may be about the family business, but what it talks about, the four T's of life, it is for a family business and every professional also if you go through the book you you will see yes this is how i would like to live my life live you know so uh, and why the opportunity is always there you are going to get educated here and start you be the brahma be the first generation of your family business <laughs> so yes uh, <laughs> again it's a passion you know so so th- there was a phase when the government said well you cannot take it out on the road but uh, i guess they have relooked at the policy the way they are relooking at many policies and now you are allowed to keep cleaning the roads uh-huh. yeah. and so now you can keep a vintage car it is official and uh, so there are a couple of checks and balances and you cannot like take it out on the road for a spin just like that it has to be for a purpose Uh, the enthusiasm f- for the Q&A is only an indication of how uh, interesting this conversation has been. So I need to emphasize, you are a very articulate and extremely compelling speaker. I was diligently taking notes, especially about the four T's that you mentioned. Uh, I wish, uh, just like C.K. Prahlad and Gary Hamill's uh, four competency and Philip Kotler's four P's, this also becomes part of a management law. So... a uh, quick round of applause for the speakers uh, for a very very interesting and engaging session uh, before we wrap it up and call curtains on this talk may i request jk garg ji to please uh, give a small token of appreciation to shri ajay sharma ji
last but not least, may I request uh, Shri Shobit Mathurji to please present a token of appreciation from the university to Shri Mohiji. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. It's been uh, a, a wonderful session, great insights for all of us. Uh, we wish you all uh, a great Sunday and see you in the next series of talks. Thank you very much. We, we, uh... Thank you. Thank I was you about to much. say that. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, uh, give one small anecdote. I met uh, Mr. Sahil Agarwal about nine, ten months back. We had a 15-minute conversation. What began as a small conversation has led to my being here only because of the values and the fact that he walks his talk. And this is going to be an institution to reckon with. It's just a question of when and not if. Thank you. I'll be... What... Based on what Ajayji has uh, shared, I want to. So, I mean, you've through this four ashram or the four T's and the Trimurti, you've given us uh, a dharmic framework of looking at a business. And as you said in the Q and A, it's not just a business, but also an extension of you know, that thing to all, uh, yeah, Vedic and all, all, you know, all walks of life, you know, all professions. So, when we try to, you know. Uh, design our curriculum here, the, the pedagogy here, the we, we take inspiration from a sutra by Chanakya, which I shared with you earlier also and I think that becomes very relevant uh, with respect to what Ajayji shared. So when all of us are ultimately striving for happiness, Sukh, so Chanakya says, Chanakya reflects on this that what leads to Sukh and he says, Sukhase Mulam Dharma, that a dharmic way of life leads to Sukh. So the next question automatically becomes, what leads to Dharma? And he says, Dharmasya Mulam Arth. So I think the work that Badanath is doing and, and the way you have distilled it into this wisdom, I think that's uh, truly a testimony of, of, that, of that sutra that you, know, you create a dharmic lifestyle, a Vedic lifestyle, while also laying it on a foundation of creating wealth, not just for Badanath, but for so many of your employees. I, I heard that there are more than 5,000 employees you know, working uh, at Badanath. And by that extension, by creating health, by creating well-being for people, enabling them also to create wealth. I think that's a big service that the company is doing and that cannot be put on the valuation and on numbers because, because that's immeasurable. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It was truly an honor to have you. Professor Sampadji is a Sanskrit scholar and a professor at Rishiut. We request him to... And we have Ajayji's book available just outside the room. So, would encourage all of you to take a copy.